like your hat. Pittsburgh Steelers. It is. Okay, dude. So, hey, welcome to Zach and Steve Have a Podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Zach. And so, Zach just mentioned my hat, uh, which I think I had last week, didn't I? Yes. It's the classic. Uh, it's like the old the school. The 90s script. It reminds me of the hat. old starter hats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, so, when I saw it, well, it was like the draft day hat. Nice. And the Kenny Pickett hat. That's the Kenny Pickett hat. So, and. Kenny's been officially drafted. Well, officially signed. He was drafted. Oh, was drafted. Was... Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes, was, also, he... I'm dealing with a little bit of sickness. <laughs> so... Yeah, he was the last first round draft pick to yeah, sign his to deal. Sign. He got good guaranteed money for a guy that's probably going to be a backup quarterback this year. Anyway, this year, maybe at least this year. I don't know. I've got faith in, in old Kenny. I'm super I, I want to do it. Listen, I'm all for Kenny Pickett. I was like, we were down at so Sarah and I went to a conference this weekend. Okay, down in Cranberry. Uh, I'm not going to use any exact names or church titles or anything like that, but we went to a conference. What kind of conference was it? It was a youth ministry conference, but this youth ministry conference also had a leadership conference attached okay. to it. So like leaders would come with their students, but also have time to like network and gotcha. gain, just gain some knowledge and perspective on youth ministry and yeah. how to do youth ministry and how to like just care for one another. Cause like the cool thing is everybody's gone through the exact same season of life COVID with COVID. Um, and so we are all like, we're all like just trying to figure out what does life look like in ministry post COVID? Yeah. So it was a really nice conference. Um, so anyway, so Sarah and I went down to Cranberry yeah. this weekend for the conference and we had a, a really good time. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, the, the hat, Thing. So I had I had this hat on the whole time. So you get a new hat. I always now, get new hats. Now you have a collection of hats, like none none I've ever seen before. You you enjoy a hat. Yes, you enjoy, I enjoy going to lids, hat. picking out a hat. I, I have a problem going into lids and picking out. <laughs> so, well, so so when you get a new one, then is it like? <laughs> does, how long does the euphoria of the new hat last? Months. Months. No. Month. Week. 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 <laughs> uh, no. So typically, it's a, it's at least a month. So my hat collection looks like this. I have I have four. I think it's four or five, six foot shelves on my wall. Twenty four feet of hats. Twenty four feet of hats, and some of them are doubled up. Yes. Because I don't have enough room to display all my hats. So what you see is the ones that I want you to see, <laughs> essentially. So I've, I collect hats everywhere I go. Every like if I if I go to a new city, I'm usually going to get a baseball cap of that team, whether I like the team or not. Just to, usually it's because I went there on a conference or a mission trip or whatever. Um, but obviously I have, there's one row that is just all Steelers hats, Nice, it's all Steelers hats. That's my preferred Pittsburgh sports hat. Nice. Um, cause that's really the only team that I truly follow. Gotcha. Uh, like I don't, I'm not a pirates guy necessarily. Yeah. I'm a Yankees fan. Um, that's a story for another day. <laughs> I've gotten judged for that for years, but yeah, as you should, uh, no, cause they haven't had a world series win in 13 years. So yeah. I think I'm fine to be a Yankees yeah, I fan. Suppose. Um, and even when I started liking the Yankees, they weren't that good. They didn't get good until the mid-late 90s yeah. is when they really started picking up when the captain. <laughs> the captain. When the captain came on board. <laughs> Jeter. Anyway. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, every every time I go to a new city, I, I buy a hat. And so, yeah, I have uh, – I think in my lifetime <laughs> – I think in my lifetime, I've easily owned over 200 different hats. Oh, my. That's a lot of hats. Yeah, it's a lot of hats. Um, I currently have um, probably in the range of 50 to 60 hats. Nice. That just sit. So what you're saying is you wear a lot of hats in your life. I do. I wear a lot of hats in my life, both figuratively (laughs) and literally. Um, So we're down at this conference, and I have my most current. It's the Draft Day Steelers hat. Yeah. Because I was like, I got to get my Kenny Pickett hat. Yeah. And I was I was down at Rally. Is it Rally House? Yeah, Rally House. I love Rally House. Down at Cranberry. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, they're it's everywhere. Sportsman's paradise. It is there. a sportsman's paradise, especially if you're a Pitt and Steelers yes. fan. Um, I mean, that's why Kenny Pickett's the dream. Is this sure. are, are we ninety three seven the the fan right now? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we've, we've slowly <laughs> drifted into that. Um, but yeah, I so I, I was like, oh, should I get my Kenny Pickett jersey now? <laughs> but I'm like, maybe I wait a couple yeah. seasons until he's definitely our starting quarterback before I commit to buying like a hundred dollar jersey. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'm at this conference, and one of the the special speakers 
who was fantastic. We really, really liked him. It took a lot from him. He was actually a couple years younger than me. Okay. Um, but that just says like how God is using him in sure, such an yeah. impactful way. Uh, he was a guy from Alabama, and nice. uh, he and I got to talking. He, he has four kids. I have four kids. Like We, we connected on that. He saw my Steelers hat. He's like, so you're a pro football fan or you college football fan? I said, mostly just pro. He's like, I'm mostly college because Alabama yeah. is like, you know, roll tide. Right, crimson tide. Kind of area. Now, knowing that, in knowing that, I mean, obviously I'm not putting two, two together. This guy's part of a very large church down in Alabama, one that's in Tuscaloosa, which is the home of. Yeah, that's where the crimson tide are, the yes. University of Alabama. Yeah, and he, his church how like a lot of the students that are on that football team go to his church. So is he like the main pastor there? He's not the main pastor. No, he's, uh, I want to say he's like the young adult pastor. Okay. Like he's been a youth pastor. He's been in ministry for about, I think he said, Oh gosh, he was said he was 35. I think he's been in ministry for about 11 years or something. Like we've been in ministry about the same amount of time. Um, you know, God's just using him in a huge impactful way. And it was honestly, it was a true blessing to listen to him speak, um, and just give insight. Uh, so anyway, but he and I get to talking and it was a really nice conversation because we had so much stuff to talk about. We were talking about college football. He's like, or he's talking, we we're talking about just football in general. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, so what do you think about Kenny Pickett? I'm like, I think he's the future of the Steelers. <laughs> I'm so excited about Kenny. He's like, do you think he's going to start? I'm like, nah, it's probably, gonna, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Trubitsky. Yeah. yeah. It's probably going to be our starting quarterback. Great. And so anyway, so he starts asking me, he's like, so yeah, he's like, the cool thing is I've, I, I get to follow a lot of the college players that I've known yeah. down at, at the University of Alabama, everywhere else. And he's like, so I knew Najee Harris. Oh, nice. Yeah. Like he went to, like sure. Najee went to his Pittsburgh church. Like, running back. And I love Najee. I yeah. mean, how can you not? Like yeah. if he's part of your team, if he was on another team, we'd be like, oh, that guy is driving me crazy. I don't know. Big bubbly personality. Yeah. I, guy. I love Najee Harris. So anyway, I was like, yeah, we love having him as part of like, yeah, we, like I yeah. know him personally. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Pastor Ron or something. I know all the Steelers personally. Um, but anyway, he's like, yeah. He's like, what do you think of Mac Jones? I'm like, he sucks. <laughs> Not even thinking that Mac Jones went to the University of Alabama. Yeah. He's like, and so this guy goes, he's like, oh, man, this conversation was going so well. <laughs> Sarah, like, smacked me. Uh, I'm like, I, I'm just making friends no. everywhere I go. Um, That's but awesome. But, yeah, he and I, like, really, I mean, it was, it was nice. It was just nice to connect so with him. So the question is, are you guys still friends now? Or I don't that know. Kinda like, did that kind of, uh, like, derail it? Yeah, he walked away <laughs> soon after. He's like, I'm going to send you a Mac Jones jersey. But he didn't get my information. Uh, so I don't so, think he was no, honest about no, it. No, I think it's probably. probably but hey, if you're out there, much. I think his name is Bubba Massey. That was his name. Okay. I really enjoyed listening to you, Bubba. If you ever listen to this <laughs> podcast, you're fantastic. Anyway, so yeah, so this conference. Uh, uh, let me let me back up a little bit. Because right. there's uh, one thing before I go too far was I wanted to go back on something we were talking about last week. Because gotcha. last week was our Father's Day episode. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, everybody that I've talked to, which is like, you know, all of our listeners, which is uh sarah and laura our wives i don't know we had four last yeah week. we had a lot we had we had, we had so, like 10 yeah we had several more listeners this week <laughs> and honestly it is like you know it is picking up a little bit which is cool like this is not for us to be no. zach and i uh, we've said from the very beginning zach and i are having these conversations anyway yeah. is it really in this format no i don't think we're going to talk just like this but right. um we're having these conversations anyway uh when we have time together um but uh my my wife and your wife both said how nice that episode was last week. It was just so like, you know, just speaking about our, yeah. our past. But you mentioned one thing that I thought I would just mention now, and this could just be for everybody gotcha. to consider. Because um, you'd mentioned about you're the, like the family eulogizer, yes. right? Yeah. And you said uh, the one I probably won't do is my grandfather's yeah. because of how much yeah. you know, he means to you. And I would say this. Because yeah. my greatest regret in life okay. is not eulogizing my grandfather. Yeah, I, I've thought about that, and I probably will. Yeah, just kind of the way it goes. It's like, hard, it, but I'm, I was just talking about the difficulty yeah. of actually doing it. Oh, because, I know. Um, not that my grandmother, or my father, um, meant l- less to me than my grandfather yes. does. But it's just, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's just different. I get it. I, and Zach, I, t- I totally get it because I was I was in that place um, 
you know, almost 13 years ago when my grandfather passed away and he had, it, I, I think the connection is we, you and I have such a deep connection with God. And yeah. a lot of that has come from seeing our grandfathers live out their faith yeah. in front of us. Um, and so we have this deeper spiritual connection. I think you're right. With them. Um, then we do, you know, our, you know, not, not, not to say your father wasn't a grateful believer or your grandmother wasn't, but like there are almost spiritual fathers in this life, uh, yeah. outside of what God is putting into us, what the Holy Spirit's pouring into us. Our grandfathers both had that huge impact. Yeah. And that, that, that is the one thing I always look back on. I'm like, man, I let my cousin Randy speak. <laughs> cousin Randy. I love you, Randy, if you ever listen to this. Big Randy. But, yeah, Big Randy. Um, I don't gets, know. Is, is, is Randy tall guy? Yeah, or? actually, he gets confused with Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, lot. really? Yeah, because he's So like, he is Big Randy. He's a Big Randy, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's real tall dude, similar facial features, I think like 40 years older. No, oh, I'm just nice. kidding. Not, Randy, if you, Randy's never going to listen to this. That'd be hilarious <laughs> if I get a text from Randy later. Like, I did listen to that. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I look back on because when my, my cousin passed away, who was like a big sister, um, like I was, I was bound and determined to do that eulogy yeah. and not just eulogy. I did the, the message at that point. I was already a pastor. Um, but I was like, I can't pass up those opportunities ever again. And I, that, I'm not saying that as like a correction. I'm saying that as an encouragement yeah. and an encouragement to anybody out there. If you lose somebody that you love, um, I think sometimes part of that grieving process is, is sharing what that person meant to you Yeah, because it allows you to, you know, speak that. And, I, and even counselors, um, have people do that. Um, I've, you know, I've heard of counselors, not even my counselor. I've heard this from other counselors where they have like the person, um, go to the grave site. I mean, I'm not a grave site kind of person. Cause I'm yeah. like, they're not there. They're, right. they're, they're in eternity. Um, but they like have them go to the grave site and like write a letter to that person, just yeah. addressing them. Um, because it allows them to grieve and say things that they didn't necessarily get to say. So even if it's like a few words or whatever, having yeah. that opportunity, I think is really special. And like, if I can go back 13 years, and uh, you do it. Oh, in a heartbeat. And it wasn't even that I didn't want to do it. I, I did, but I was afraid that I would lose it. And then my whole family, and I'm not going to blame them. I, they were just looking out for me. They even said, "Like Steve, I don't. We don't think yeah. you're going to get through it if you get up there." And I was much younger then. I'm 37. I was 24 when I lost them. Um, and yeah, it probably would have been much harder. But it's my greatest regret. Wow. And I feel like I've. One of my greatest regrets. Yeah. I mean, um, I wish I would have taken that opportunity to, yeah. to eulogize him. But anyway, yeah, yeah I'm no. sorry for that. That I don't know if that has anything to do with the rest of what we were talking about. No, I just but, thought it'd be nice to. But I appreciate that. Yeah, I love my grandfather. Yeah, um, he's awesome. Yeah, it's just I just when I guess when I was saying that it was more just trying to describe the level of impact he's had sure. on my life. Yes, absolutely. Um, not that eulogizing my grandmother or my father was easy. Um, but it was something that I, I knew was going to be healing. Um, yeah. And I had people come up to me and say, you know, how did you get through that? I, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't do that. I am, I do have a bit of a, I don't know, empathy problem, <laughs> like a, a, bit of a, a bit of a, I don't know, detaching myself from feelings kind of sure. problem. And so sure. I can compartmentalize this stuff pretty well. My wife's always like, how are you smiling through this? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just smiling instead of crying yeah, right yeah, now, right? I suppose, yeah. So I, I'm sure I could, but yeah, you know, I, I I think when I was talking about both, you know, doing both eulogies, there was a time when I choked up a little bit. Sure. Um, but my grandfather was such a rock, is such a rock. Yeah. And uh, especially when I was talking, actually, <laughs> this is funny, whenever I was eulogizing my grandmother there was um, a portion of it when i was i i switched from talking about my grandmother to talking about my grandfather and that's mm -hmm. when i choked up mm -hmm. um you know behind a great woman was this great man you yeah know? and and how he yeah. loved her and um she could be a very difficult woman i think we might have that in common oh we absolutely <laughs> and, absolutely have yeah that in and common. she had this thing and um where every little th ailment you know kind of like 
bothered her. And my, oh my, my wife goodness. always gets... Are we sure we didn't have the same grandma? Yeah, and my wife and my my uh, mother always make fun of me that I'm like my grandmother, that everyone oh, really? bothers me. That <laughs> makes me so mad. Like, uh, I've so, never so, been accused of being like my grandmother. And just in the fact that if, I, like, if I'm sick or something, I'm... It's like, like the end. Yeah, it's like the end of the world. That's so, rare. Because usually ladies are the ones that are like, the pu- they push through every kind yeah, of sickness. Yeah, not, not her. Not my grandmother either. No, so I, I, I get really frustrated. So now, like, if I if I get hurt or, mm-hmm. like, sick, I don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, hide it. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't want to be confused with my yeah. grandmother. And I don't mean this disrespectfully to my grandmother, but for, I mean, I, the 37 years that I knew her, she was always sick. Yeah, that's the same with But she grandmother. was always getting around, and she was always tearing people down. So, like, <laughs> she was she was pretty okay most of the time. Like, she was probably healthier than most. I mean, she lived to be almost 90 years. It was going to be her 90th birthday. Yeah. This August, um, she got diagnosed with, uh, uh, what was it, like a a terminal uh, illness um, in the fall. And so we knew it was coming. We just didn't know when it was going to come. Um, But it was, you know, when she passed, I hate to say this, but it speaks largely to the legacies that you leave and to start thinking about the person that you are now. Like, how are you loving people? Are, yeah. you, are you leading? This is one of the things we talked about at the conference, and I kind of just as a segue even uh, into, talk, if you don't mind, if we talk a little yeah. bit about this conference. Because honestly, uh, I, I want to talk about a lot of things-ish. From uh, this conference. But, but all, to. yeah, all on topic. So, um, but yeah, leaving the legacy um, that's going to matter to other people. Like, are you loving people the way that Christ loved people. Yeah. And I have to ask that question to myself every day because I know I'm not doing a good job of it. I yeah. do a decent job. I think we all do an okay job, but sometimes it's the people that we're closest to that get neglected the most. Yeah. I've noticed with myself, like the people that I choose to love or the people that I, I don't, I might not even see again, but I'm going to care for them. But when it comes to my wife and my kids and um, other people that are like very near and dear to me that mean the world to me, yeah. sometimes those are the people that I can end up being the harshest yeah. with. Um, and they're the ones that are going to remember me, you know, <laughs> so-and-so that I see at a gas station or whatever yeah. and do something kind for. Um, that, you're, you're showing Christ to that person. Yeah. Ex- it, yes. And I'm not saying there's not benefits to it. And I think that's more maybe even like evangelistic yeah. than, you know, at loving your neighbor and yeah. not a sense of your neighbor that you know, but your neighbor that you don't know. Sure. And and being a light. Yeah. Um, and I think we we do talk about that a lot more and we preach on that a lot more. You yeah. Know, this is what we're talking about in our series uh, on Sunday mornings. Yeah. We're talking about how to love people. This week we're talking about how to love our friends. Um, and um, I think a lot of times when we we don't get into the nitty gritty of what it looks like to actually love the people that we love. Yes. We talk about the loving people that hurt us, loving people that we don't yeah. know very well, loving yep. people that we see, like you said, ever at the gas station. But how do you love the people that you love? Yep. That's that's a question we don't talk about. The so. people that you choose to have in your life. Yeah. Um, are often the people that get neglected the most. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, like I was saying, I went to this conference this weekend. Um, and honestly, I I would say the the overwhelming um, takeaway was, man, there was so much stuff that I was missing um, in and of myself as, as you know, just um, – okay, well, let, let's back up a little bit. Let's back up. I'm on uh, an extended vacation right now. Yes. Like, I'm not sure who knows that or whatever. And there's nothing There's nothing bad about it at all. Um, I, I really feel blessed in sitting down with Pastor Warren and asking him from the get-go, hey, can I take uh, – Just I, I've been on staff for 11 years. And what a lot of people don't realize, and I'm not min- like diminishing what other people do, but ministry is 24-7. Yeah. Um, it never leaves you. Um, you're, I, I'm a pastor – from the moment I wake up to the moment I fall asleep, I'm, I'm always on the clock technically, even though I might not be doing administrative stuff during that time or whatever. Like if somebody calls me, if somebody texts me, if somebody's going through something like I, I'm there, it doesn't matter what day there's no true day off. That's even an argument that I've had to have with people before. Like the idea of 
you have to take time off. Um, But uh, it's important to have like Sabbaths and stuff like that. But at the same time, when people need you, they need you. Jesus didn't say, "Eh, it's sad. You know, it's Saturday. I'm resting today. No, he did what was necessary to do on the Sabbath. He still said it was important to rest, but if there was need, take care of the need. Um, And so, I mean, and I'm not presenting myself as this perfect you know, example, but you know, that's, that's really what it is. And after a while that it could, it could really start to take, um, it was interesting. The the pastor that spoke yesterday at this conference for the, just the leaders was speaking about this. Like he's talking, he was talking about the, the ceiling that you will hit if, um, if you're not taking care of yourself, essentially, he's like, you'll get to a point where talent's going to lead you so far where, um, what the talent that God's given you, the skills that God's given you, it'll take you so far, like loving people. Mm-hmm. But if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't appreciate yourself, and it's funny, this has been the big conversation with my wife, with my counselor, even your wife has mentioned it to me. Are we doing taking care of ourselves, appreciating ourselves enough so that we don't burn out and become cynical and fall away? And I've, I've noticed that with myself. I'm like, I'm not loving the way that I should be. Um, I, I only look at the negative and I'm, I'm a largely a pessimistic person that's just naturally. And I have to fight against that to, mm-hmm. to look at the positive. Um, and so this, this, <clears throat> this conference really helped me, uh, gain some perspective mm-hmm. on, on things. Um, a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. Like, so the, the, the pastor was talking about let love lead, um, in all that we do. And, uh, and that, that I feel like sometimes I get so focused on the process and so focused on uh, what has to happen each and every week that I'm just going through the motions and yeah. not loving people. Um, and I was listening to a pastor earlier this month um, who was talking about like the, the biggest job is he, he's saying for himself, the biggest job I have is not prepping this message that I'm going to share with hundreds of people. I mean, he has a massive church and a massive influence, and he does, he's a great pastor. Yeah. Um, but he said, it's the texting every single day. It's the phone calls that I'm making. It's the meetups. That's the stuff that matters. Why? Because that's what really shows love. Yeah. Teaching is, is a form of showing love because you love people enough that you're going to share the gospel with them. Um, but if you're not meeting with people if you're not loving people if you're not seeing them through as christ did christ taught but what what do we see the largest impact he had the one-on-one interactions the miracles that he performed the teachings are great stuff to live by absolutely but the rest of it was more impactful the one-on-one stuff it's that's the stuff that we remember the most there's been great teachers throughout history but there's been only one jesus right yeah the reason why i mean he was the son of god that's the reason why but the reason why in his community and in that area he made such a big impact was the like you said the lives he he, the people he healed the lives he touched the the miracles that they saw with their own eyes and and uh so i understand exactly what you're saying yeah and so that, that that really hit me hard, and it, it gave me brand new, almost brand new life. It was like breathing in fresh air. Um, at the same time, uh, like, I, and I'm not I'm I'm not putting anybody down, but I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and this so happened to be at a Pentecostal church. And so one of my big struggles was <laughs> throughout this was almost so, and I don't mean this lightly, but I think it's a conversation worth having. Is how how negatively a church can impact your outlook on the church in general. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't think that's you. Have, you have an experience with that, with the church you grew up with. Yes. It's definitely Pentecostal church, but that could be any, it could be any church. And that's yeah. the point I'm, I want to yeah. make. I'm not, I, I am not here to condemn the Pentecostal church at all at yeah. large in the least yeah, uh, i think but we can all have negative impacts with the church we grew up with because exactly. i grew up in presbyterian church I, I have many friends who grew up catholic and they their idea of who god is stems from what they went through as a exactly. kid in their church experience yeah and it so a lot of times it puts it in a negative light like yep. like i don't i don't want to be a part of that because of you know what whatever it is that they felt yes um was not healthy for them yeah and 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 making i don't know life decisions and such stuff like that, that pushes them away from the church yeah, push essentially essentially away from the church but away from god yes right? and, and, yeah. and that's what i mean when i'm saying the church uh, i'm talking about the whole thing like the universal church and the church is the bride of christ right right 
you wrote i think you wrote a book i did rescue did you, the bride is that our sponsor today <laughs> sure sponsored by rescue the bride <laughs> zc cyrus by zc it's a very good book if, if you ever see zach ask him for a copy and pay for a copy i've got a lot so i'll He's give them got, to you yeah i've got a whole, got a whole <laughs> attic full of these suckers there's actually two boxes sitting right over there i'm dead serious i love that book it's really really good uh, and like you should buy a copy of it anyway <laughs> and back to our show uh but saying that, yeah, so I, I did want to make that clarification. Thank you for helping me make that clarification because in no way is this an indictment of the Pentecostal church at all. But it's what I was – I was raised in a very small community Pentecostal church um, where everybody was in everybody's business. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to get into like worship practices and all that kind of stuff on, on this podcast right now. Maybe that's yeah. something we venture into another day. But – I didn't realize the trauma and I, I don't mean that in a, like, I'm not misusing that word. Yeah. I, I, I truly had a traumatic experience growing up in the Pentecostal church and how in the Pentecostal church that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, and how it was structured for me, uh, in it. Um, and largely the, I think a lot of the negative impact that I had through that church was because of my grandmother. <laughs> yeah. But it's saying all that to say this, we're at this conference and a lot of things are happening that are, that are bringing up memories and emotions of hurtful things that happened to me in my past, yeah. um, just growing up. And, and so we're in the service and the speaker's talking about something that I feel very uncomfortable with. And it's not anything, uh, I mean, this is where we get into splitting hairs between, um, the Baptists and the Pentecostals and the Presbyterian. I mean, we could go down the list of yeah. why we all worship differently. Yeah. But he was starting to talk about something that I was raised up around and I, well, let's just talk about sure. it. Cause I did some research about it this morning to help me kind of form a, a better opinion on this. Gotcha. Which was faith healing Yeah, was what his message was about. Now faith healing, if you don't know faith healing is, it's like, if you, it's the idea that Jesus healed people, which is a thousand percent true. Even the disciples, so the the apostles, those who started the early church, they demonstrated that. Am I saying that it's impossible for someone to be healed instantly? Absolutely not. Like you, if, if it is God's will, and I think that's what needs to be stated. If it is God's will, you will be healed. Now, during this message, that was, I don't, now, to be honest, and it was a very immature act, but I was starting to have such a negative, because it reminded me of what I grew up around and seeing people not have this happen to them, even though they believed enough. And that sometimes that's the idea. If you believe God will give, will grant it to you because you're trusting in the power. Like, because in the idea was the woman that bled for 12 years, yeah. touched the the hem right. of Jesus' robe. He felt power go out from him. Is this like, what is this, Matthew, or Mark 5, I think is. Maybe, I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember. Reference. I think it's Mark 5. Um, But talking about it leaves, Jesus felt it left, leave his body, the power leave his body, and she yeah. was healed because she believed right. in Jesus. It's not because she touched the robe. It's because she believed she could be healed. Right. Um, and so that was the idea that was being presented. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus won't grant you that, that God won't grant you healing. I think it's just, it could be dangerous to present that idea without the caveat of if it's God's will. Yeah. If it's God's will, he will heal you. In that situation, it was the will of God. But sometimes it's not God's will. And sometimes he needs you, he wants you to go through the difficult things, not because he wants you to suffer, because he wants you to lean into him. Yeah. And he's got um, he's got a plan and purpose for your life in going through that. Sure. Is it ideal? No. Yeah. But I think about uh, we Zach and I had a very dear friend. Yeah, Jason. I was, I was going to bring Jason up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's the he's the to me he's the clearest example of why God sometimes chooses not to heal people, and it's heartbreaking in no way. Am I am I saying like you know? this is the, the greatest thing that ever happened because he left two sons behind yeah. in, in all of this. Um, and you know, the question is like, God, what, what, but it's like, we just got to trust that God, yeah. God's plan is, is greater than our own plans and our own understanding. And Jason 
did trust that. Yeah. Um, now a little bit about Jason. Jason was like our big brother. Like yeah. we absolutely adored this guy because he cared so greatly about us. And the entire time I knew Jason and maybe even the entire time you knew Jason, cause you probably, did you know Jason longer than I did? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Do, do time get, period wise, but I mean, he was for always, a long time. He was a fixture in our church. Yeah. Pretty much. And he wasn't that much older than us. No, um, he wasn't. I think he was like maybe six years but older than us. I never knew him healthy. Th- and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. did you ever know Jason when he didn't have – so Jason had – No, I don't th- I don't remember knowing him before that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what his story was before he, he, he um, got cancer. I don't yeah. know if it was the cancer brought him closer to God and, and that's – yeah, because I, what, I, what I remember first about Jason was just seeing him at church on Sunday mornings, not not in the teen ministry, but just in, in regular. Church. He was always there. He was always there. He was always up front, always worshiping, worshiping and, hands and, up in the air. Yeah. And, and just he would take the offering and um, yeah, just just a fixture there. And he had a cane. I remember. Yeah, that. always. And, well, he had and, hips. And you, he'd have part of his hip removed because let, 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 let's give a little bit of background sure. on this. Jason had a form of cancer called Ewing sarcoma. Um, which usually has uh, an outlook for life, uh, life expectancy of, I I think he was told six months to two years. Okay. Now here's the incredible part. This is like the amazing God, like just God is so awesome. Part of this, Jason had Ewing sarcoma on and off for 12 years. Yeah. 12 years. Um, I mean, we saw this guy battle with a smile on his face every single time. And I'm not going to say that there wasn't times where he was like just like exhausted from it. Yeah. He was. Like there's anybody would be. Right. But Jason used every opportunity within that to bless others. Yeah. And to care for other people. Yeah. Tell people about about Jesus and. Yeah, that's the, that was the biggest thing in his life. Yeah, and and I I learned a lot from him just about sharing God in a way that's um, like it's like you're dying mm-hmm. right because he was yep. and, and it's sad to say that and think about that but that's the truth but and he shared god in that way and when people when he would talk about god he, he was a leader in the youth ministry yeah and so he'd be up there and he'd he have was like and eighth graders and like if they didn't get it he was so frustrated so like, mad. how do you not understand <laughs> that jesus loves you this much and like I, only, I don't got much time to tell you this you need to get this right now yeah i know and, and that was just kind of the way you went yeah, that's the like, way he went around Mr. ministering to people. J- Mr. Jason yeah. yelled at us today. I'm like, good. Yes. <laughs> he needed to. Yeah, he needed, right? he needed to get this. You he need to get it this. now. Because I, I want to do that all the time. Yeah, he was never – he the thing that would frustrate him most is like when people were lazy about their yeah. faith because he – he had that perspective. He, like he, I might not have tomorrow. I need. I need. I you want you to get, get it now. now. Yeah. yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry, Zach. No, that that was basically it. Like yeah. I, I just learned so much from him, and, and yeah. it makes me think about just sharing in a more um, immediate way. Yeah. And, and like I'm not going to put this. I'm a procrastinator. Like yeah. I, I like preparing for messages. Maybe you're like me, kind of. I, I want to get it done early, but I find that yeah. I. I need to I need to hurry up yeah. and get this done. That was not I Jason. Put, he was not no, procrastinator. Not a procrastinator at all. Hardest working, like and and just one of the most lovely human beings you'd ever meet. I mean, he was a jokester. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, he like he just loved he loved people. We could talk about Jason for. I know, and I feel like this is this is slowly becoming the Jason <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But like, I he he was such an impactful in, individual in my life. Cause here's the thing that impacted me the most about Jason. Here's a guy dealing with, um, a terminal illness, um, two kids that were young. Yeah. And what was his constant question to us? Hey, how are you guys doing? Yeah. I'm like, Jason, how are you? He's like, eh, I'm fine. Whatever. How yeah. are you doing? How can I pray for you? Like, it's like, dude, what, 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 what's your angle, man? And he didn't have an angle. Yeah. He just truly looked past his own pain to bless other people. Yeah. And he, in, in saying all that, say this, how, what the whole connection here is, Jason had more faith yeah. than uh, most people will ever have in their entire life. I, there's no true measure of faith. There's no canister that you're filling up. This isn't Monsters, Inc. and you're filling up the scream canister. And, and here's the thing. we but, all, all of us fail in the faith category because Jesus yeah. said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say that this mountain move and it'll move yeah how many mountains you see moving you yeah know? yeah exactly and, exactly. It's, and it's not us that's that a good point. It. it's 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 the power of of god doing it yeah you know, it wasn't and it's not my faith that's going to move the mountain it's yeah. it's god moving the mountain and me believing that he can do it because he can yes but you're right jason had the faith and so much so like 
that he he was following God's path for his life as he's sick, and yep. he, and he went he went he wanted to be a pastor, and so he went through that went through the whole ordeal yeah. as he's sick and getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and he's going through school, going through. And school. one of the last things we got to do, and I'm not even gonna take credit for it, was Pastor Tim uh, Fair here at the church contacted Liberty University because Jason was one class away from graduation, contacted Liberty University, um, they flew up from Lynchburg. Uh, one of the, I think it was not the chancellor, I forget somebody from the university yeah, flew a, up a big with, time person. Yeah. Big time person flew up with the degree in hand and they granted him an honorary degree. Um, and so the, and, uh, sh- and shortly thereafter, pastor John, um, who was the senior pastor of our church at the time, um, actually made him an honorary pastor of the church. So yeah. it's, uh, I, I recently found out, I didn't know this, that Jason's, um, um, grave marker says pastor Jason McElwain, which is just a cool thing because Jason's dream was to be a pastor. That's what he yeah. wanted more than anything. Um, and he, he said, he'd say to me all the time, he's like, I just, I can't wait to be a pastor. Like I want to be on staff. I'm like, Jason, you've done more ministry work yeah. than most pastors will do in their entire lifetime. The amount of people that you've shared Jesus with. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know. But I, the, it's like, it's like this thing that he wanted to do more than anything. But I'm like, he, he achieved it. Um, and so I'm saying all that because the, the idea that was presented that we have to be cautious about is sometimes it's not God's will for you to be healed in this life. Yeah. Sometimes it's God's will for you to be healed in the next yeah. uh, when he brings you into eternity. And that's what like we, you and I um, have the, uh, the joy of knowing that one of our best friends, our brothers, we're going to get to just worship God with him yeah. forever in eternity. Um, what I've loved to have like spent way more time with him. Yeah. hundred percent. Sure. hundred percent. We'd love to have more adventures, go to more, like go, go. To, he went with us to Chicago. Yeah. Um, poor dude. We'd like drug <laughs> all over the place, uh, yeah. in Chicago, but we would just have such a good time, uh, going to like baseball games, football games. Uh, yeah. well, his son's still like his son's who is, he actually, his oldest son just graduated from high school. And um, he came up to me. He's like, hey, you want to go to another football game sometime? I'm like, I'd love to. Oh, he's like, awesome. you're going to steal our blanket again? <laughs> I'm like, that's a great story. Yeah. So we, I'm going to tell yeah, the story. Go ahead, because, I guess. Just because this is one of my favorite stories. So we go to the Steelers game. It's it's a Sunday night or something. It's freezing cold. I can remember after the game was uh, the next day, I, I listened to the sports radio. And that's kind of like what this podcast has turned into, a sports podcast today. <laughs> sports with Jesus. Yeah. So um, I listened to the to the radio the next day, and they were interviewing Big, uh, Big Ben. Roethlisberger and he was talking about how cold it was at that game he said this is the cold the coldest game he's ever been at it, it wasn't like below zero I think it was in the teens or something it was the wind chill but the wind was blowing so hard and we were sitting up at the, t- yeah, the, we top, the top of the stadium and, and it must have been blowing 50 miles an hour Heinz Field is known for being windy yes yeah, the wind, wind whips it's, through it's there. a wind tunnel essentially it, it was so cold at this there. game that they were giving away free hot chocolate if you went into the into the yeah in, like to try to get out of the window yeah. just people are like chocolate. huddled together it's like <laughs> it almost became this thing where we were all in this together yes like it wasn't even about the football game anymore yeah. it was like can we survive the night yeah. and will the Steelers win the Steelers did win I think, they did were they playing the Jets or something I think the Bengals Bengals yeah, they always beat the Bengals not yeah, anymore back back then yeah it was like so Andy Andy Dalton so normal people <laughs> uh, normal people and Steve Steve is is a lot of things but normal is not <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, dude, start coughing. Uh, so if you're a normal person, if it's if you're a normal person, you know it's going to be out. that cold that uh, you dress appropriately. And oh, Steve gosh. has a very long never... history of never dressing appropriately for certain events. Now so, let's talk. Like, well, like, no, I, I'm telling the story for the climate. For the climate. What like, do you mean? Like I'm not like I'm not wearing short shorts or something to like an event jorts <laughs> I'm not wearing yeah I'm not wearing shorts <laughs> I mean like I'm not going to come with like a you know so 7 it, inch jeans or like shorts on yeah. go ahead you Please almost tell you my almost story. did yeah whatever so Jason and I, we come not caring anything about what we look like, right? So we, I'm wearing like this, these hunting overalls, the like th- thermal insulated things. I got on these my thermal boots, right, and, and uh, gloves, and 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 decked out a uh, jacket on. I'm ready for it. J- Give J- me a second. Give J- me a second. Jason, co- no, Jason comes in. Uh, there's so many stories we can tell from this. Thing. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's back up. All right, so. Uh, 
we're getting out of Jason. Because Jason, did Jason drive? I can't remember. I can't remember either. And you know, I think I drove. I think it was my car, and like everybody brought tons of stuff. So many clothes. And, like, I, I, they look like they were getting ready to go into space <laughs> with the, the like the layers that they are putting on. Like I thought they were going to put an astronaut <laughs> bubble over their head. I'm like, what, what, that should have been the first clue to you that you were underdressed, partner. Well, no, the whole time I'm like, these idiots. They're going to be so hot the whole time. I'm going to be comfortable. Meanwhile, it's 20 degrees outside. I have a uh, spring jacket on, a pair of jeans, jeans, and it, no gloves, no, no hat, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. So Jason had on his hunting outfit. Uh, Jason, this is a funny story about Jason. He 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 was sick, but he would use that sickness a lot of times to get things for, that his, he advantage. for his Absolutely. advantage. Absolutely, and we, we, we loved it. It was so funny. He's the best. So he had this book bag that you weren't allowed to bring into the stadium. But he thought, you know what? I've got this cane. I kind of walk a little bit with a limp. So he put it underneath his his uh, hunting jacket, put the book bag underneath it, and kind of walk like he had a hump. To get through security, yeah, like that was the whole thing. It was oh, like, oh, look gosh. at this poor guy. They're yeah. like, come on in. Yeah. And Jason's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that guy. He was the best. So we get in there. We're in the stadium. Two minutes into it, Steve is already starting to t- his teeth are chattering. I'm like, you guys think we can go? <laughs> it's like he's getting. It's my cold. first game at Heinz Field. So, like I said, we had, uh, like, like Steve said, we had all of this gear to keep us warm. So Jason had brought blankets for his kids to keep them warm because you're sitting there and. And adults, we can kind of keep warm, but kids, they get cold super quick. So he brought these blankets for his kids. And there's a dude like two rows ahead of us that had no shirt on. Yeah, well, there's yeah, reason other for reasons that. for that. Go ahead. <laughs> so so we're sitting there, and Steve keeps looking over at the two young boys at this blanket, and he is freezing cold. Now, if you ever seen Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> I had two pairs of gloves on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You were ridiculous. I was like, Steve, do you want a pair of my gloves? Because my hands are starting to sweat. It was literally that situation. I'm like, yes, please give me your gloves. So I give him a pair of gloves. I'm a fool. And pretty soon, um, J- uh, Jason's kids start to feel sorry for Steve. So they give him his blanket. Yes. So these kids there are now shivering, and Steve's got their blanket on. Blanket. Oh, it's like, yeah, the kids were like seven and nine at yeah. the time. Yeah, I'm a terrible person. Yeah. And these boys still love being around me. That's amazing. I think amazing. that's I think that's the biggest takeaway from the yeah, story. Is yeah, people, people still want to be around. Steve. They still. I mean, I, what I don't know what I've done to deserve the friends that I have, because I really have not done a lot to do it. Yeah, <laughs> but but that's just kind of the relationship we had with oh, Jason gosh. and uh, what life was like with him. Man, it's it was fun to go through it, and he he handled just being his his sickness so well. Um, yeah, and I, think and, and I mean, what we saw anyway, I'm sure it's different when you're at home battling at your every single, every day, single day, all day. But, I'm sure his mom, like, who oh, yeah. was his big yeah, time character, she, she's the sweetest person. Yeah. Um, you know, we know that she was in that battle every single day with him. Um, yeah, but your point, the original point is a great one. Like this idea of faith healing. And if you have enough faith, you're going to be healed. And like you said, the person that we we know that had faith greater than we've ever seen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, wasn't healed. Yeah. And does, and, 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 and back to the point of a lot of hurt comes from that. And when you see people that are being healed and you're not, yep. it makes you think, well, what's my relationship with God? Like, yep. You know, why, why, why is this person being healed? And I'm not, is it enough? Do it, I have enough? Yeah. And then yeah. the bitterness creeps in and, sure. and back to the original idea of where we were going here. Like we, Church experience can turn us away from God. Yeah. The exact opposite. And a lot of people are in that boat. Like they don't want anything to do with God because um, of what they experience with around other Christians, around their church. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's a scary thing to think about and, and why you need to, when you're ministering to people, always come back to God's love for them, not yep. church rules, not a... You know, make sure you're following this list of stuff, and 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 if you don't do this, you're not you're not a good Christian or whatever. No, it's about God's love for His people, yep. um, and His love, and and when when your relationship with God is built around that, and you experience that, then you're not going to be turned away when um, stuff in this life doesn't turn out like you want it to. Yeah, and and that's the thing you always have to keep in mind is it's not what we desire for this life. It's what God desires. 
You know, he, he, and in all of it, it's never to teach it. I mean, he could teach us lessons in trusting him, but it's never to punish us. And, you know, that's, I think that's a, that's a clear distinction we have to make when things aren't going your way. It's not because God doesn't love you. It's because God wants you to realize that you not just need him, but he's going to show you how you're going to become stronger by going through it. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've faced, you know, in, in, I mean, losing Jason was really hard. Uh, I'm not even going to pretend it was as impactful on me as it was his family and stuff, but I've, I've faced other things that were just as heartbreaking, heart-wrenching. It's like, well, God, why? Like, yeah. I mean, I talked about my cousin a little bit earlier, and that was one of the things that was that, – that's that I feel like that's one of those make-or-break kind of things. And just a little bit of background on my cousin, who I said was like a big sister to me, um, she was killed by her husband. Uh, she, they, they were going through a really rough season. They, she decided that she was going to, uh, end, end the marriage. And he, um, he, he was, he was sick. He was mentally ill. Um, and he decided that he was going to take her life and his own life. Um, and I didn't know pain until you lose somebody suddenly and tragically like that, not taking away from anybody's loss. Every loss is painful. Uh, but when it's taken so suddenly with a person so healthy, um, it's 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 shocking to the core because yeah. it's like why, You're like God, why would you allow this to happen? And sometimes we just don't understand at the time. But what I've seen of my family, even at that time, was I mean we rallied around each other, loved each other, and cared for each other um, because of the peace of the Holy Spirit uh, in that time. God does not leave us alone in these trials yeah. that the world brings to us. The world's full of sin. It's full of brokenness. That's why there's sickness. Um, God sometimes chooses to heal us in this world. Sometimes he allows tragedy to not happen. But at the same time, sometimes tragedy happens and God just, God desires for us to lean into him and trust him through it so that yeah. we could be strengthened and we could strengthen others because of it, lead other people to him. And knowing that, yeah, okay, so... So this this world is not great, yeah. But eternity is amazing, yeah. With him, like where we'll have no suffering, um, no hurts, nothing but joy and love of the Father. Uh, so I mean, that's it's hard. It's yeah. hard because sometimes it's like, well, why can't I just have it now? Yeah, well, that's just not. That's not. I mean, biblically, that's there's nothing biblically that would ever support that that right. model. Um, it's in this world, you'll have trials of various kinds, yep. but take heart. I've overcome the world. Right? Yeah. I've overcome the world. And, um, yeah, that's, and, that's what we know. Yeah. And I mean, your example is more evil than anything. You yeah. Know? I mean, tragedy stemming straight from evil, Yep. you know, and, and a lot of times people are like, well, why doesn't God just get rid of all the evil in the world? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big topic we could spend yeah, I mean, months uh, talking yeah, about, but yeah, I th- absolutely, but I think. What, what has really helped me to understand that is um, I watched uh, – we, we watch these videos sometimes called The Bible Project. Yep. Um, yep. They do a good job of breaking down big big topics like this as well as just look, going through books of the Bible and, and uh, talking about, you know, what's going on there. But um, they talked about this idea of sin and just why doesn't God just rid the world of sin? Um, but the problem is we have sin inside of us. Mm-hmm. Right, we all make mistakes. It's, no it's one's inherent. perfect. It's, it's yeah. right. We've all done something that's apart from. We've fallen short of the mark, and that's what sin is. This uh, idea that we fall short of what we're supposed to, what we're supposed to do. Um, and if God would get rid of sin, He'd have to get rid of us, mm-hmm. right? And that's what's so great about what Jesus did was He came to us and freed us from that sin to allow us to have then that eternal relationship yeah. with God. Um, and so. You know, we, we see these this heartbreak and all this stuff going on around us, and we just want God to intercede in, in all aspects of it and take away all the hurt and, and all of the stuff that, that we don't want to have happen to us and that hurts, right? Yeah. Um, but he is going to do that. Yep. And he promises that to us. Um, and until that day comes, he promises to be with us. Yeah. And, and to walk through things with us. And yeah. when we turn to him, he will He will allow the Holy Spirit to come in and give us that peace that you talked about. Yes. And that um, just, I guess peace is the greatest word to describe it because it with God, 
you know we have this completion um and and a wholeness that comes from just having him in the right place in our life absolutely absolutely yeah I, that's i mean there's no better way to really wrap <laughs> wrap that up um yeah i guess I, if i'm gonna leave leave you guys with any kind of thought would be the idea of in dealing with hurts like m- mankind is going to hurt us because that's that's man man is, is sinful man yep. has brokenness God is unchanging, unmoving, unshakable, and he'll always love you through everything. That's why we need to have a reliance on him and not a reliance on man, even though the world's always going to say, you don't need God. And and sometimes sometimes man means church. Yeah. Man man is a general, very generalized term. We're talking about mankind. Yeah. And that is in the church and out of the church. People are still sinful within the church. They're still broken within the church. Nobody's perfect. Um and, yeah. and, and, if, and if you're relying on a church person yep. instead of God, then, then you're going to be hurt. Brings us back full circle to yeah. what I started off with here. With with my experience growing up in the church that I grew up in, there was so much hurt and pain caused by people's actions and reactions to things. Um, this almost expectation for everyone to be perfect. And um, there's a lot of judgmental people in the church that I grew up in a lot of pushing certain ideas that were biblical in the church that I grew up in. Um, and so it, it caught, it pushed me away yeah. instead of me leaning into God. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with yeah. it. And that happens a lot. It does happen a lot. And that's what my encouragement would be to anybody that's listening to this. Whenever you end up listening to this years down the road from whenever we recorded this, whatever is do not blame God for the brokenness of mankind. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we, there's people that we've hurt. Yeah. And I'm I, sure there, there yeah, are. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I, I feel bad about that <laughs> either intentionally yeah. or unintentionally. Right. Um, you and, know, and, and as a pastor, people look to you, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times for answers, for answers, yeah. and maybe even as a substitute for God, not yeah. if, if their relationship with God isn't to the point where they understand the difference, yes. you know, like, and when they see you not acting in a godly way, yep. not saying you do, but I'm just saying, or not loving them like they feel like they should. Yeah. Oh, God doesn't love me. Yeah. And that's, exactly. that's a terrible burden. To yeah. <laughs> and it's difficult. And that's why like the calling of a pastor is, is nothing to take lightly and why I almost try to talk people out of it. Not in like a sense that you don't want to do this. Like, you sure you want to do this is because there's so much weight. Uh, you know, there's a true gravity to, to being called to this and I'm not trying to elevate myself. I'm, I'm taking time off to restructure and remember what this is all about. Uh, which says like how heavy this job, this position can be. Um, but no matter what hurts you faced, Remember, like it's usually when we're feeling down, it's because we need to be lifted up, and there's nothing in this world that's going to lift us up. It's you. We have to turn to God. We have to turn into His Word. Um, and I've learned that in the I've been off for three weeks. I'm going into my final week off, um, and I finally have a better perspective on what I was doing wrong and what I have to do to make things right. Um, some of the things are going to be easy to implement. Some things are going to be really difficult to implement, but I have a piece about it uh, because I know it's the right thing to do, not the easy thing to do. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. A lot happened over the weekend. Like from, from last week, I think you and I talked on Monday yeah. of last week, right? Like Zach and I call each other throughout the week. Cause that's what best friends do. You got that right. Yeah. So I, I called him on Monday or you called me on Monday, right? I don't remember. I, ca- I called you on Thursday. I don't even know what day it is, partner. Yeah. Uh, do we talk to our wives as much as we talk to each other? <laughs> anyway, one of us talk- called the other person, and I was like, I think I just, I like, I blew up venting. I'm like, I'm just, I, 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 I can't, I can't, I don't know what to do anymore, Zach. And then Thursday, I talked to you, and you were happy. I was doing much better. <laughs> uh, and I gotta give credit to my. Okay, so this is gonna be a long podcast, but I don't care. Uh, I gotta give a lot of credit to my to my counselor, um, and I'm not gonna say his name because I don't want it to be like. And you should go to him too, uh, even though you should. Uh, but come talk to me personally if you want his name and information. Um, but anyway, I'm sitting down with him and I'm venting about something because I mean the the heart of my issue is is that 
I I've put I constantly put my future in my own hands and not just letting God lead me, even though he's led me this whole time. Yeah. And every time I do start to lead myself, I always get directed back to the path that God has for me. And that's what my counselor throws back at me. I'm like not expecting it, but we're both Christian men. He's not necessarily a Christian counselor, but he is a Christian. Um, and he threw that at me. And I'm like, no, no, you're not doing that to me. But it was like it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like, Steve, you are holding on to everything with this death lock because you're in control. You've been hurt by things. And now you don't want to be hurt again. But that's not trusting God with your future. That's trusting now you with your future. You yeah. have to let go and allow God to lead you. I'm like, whatever, dude whatever like i mean i knew he was right but it was so frustrating to hear because i'm like yeah i know that already i know what's right and what's not right um and then going to this this i'm gonna be straight honest with you this was not my idea to go to this conference it was sarah's idea um and sarah's sarah is my moral compass (laughs) so much i think i mean she i think she's ready to lose her mind with having to deal with me all the time but she was the one that really wanted to go to this conference. I'm like, no, no, nah, I don't want to be around other people right now, which is the exact opposite of what you need sometimes when you are like just struggling. You need to come around other people that also have been hurt and like are struggling, probably the same thing you're struggling with. Yeah. And I came away from that conference. I even went into it like, ah, gosh, well, like, remembering I have trauma from the church that I grew up in and being that it's the same denomination as the church that I grew up in, I automatically associate it with my church. And needless to say, we get into it. And these are like, and the people that I'm surrounded by are the most lovely, caring, <laughs> welcoming people yeah. I've ever dealt with um, in going to a church. I've gone to a lot of churches, just trying out different churches when I'm off. Um, I go to this church and I, every single person, was, had a smile on their face and really cared about talking to you. That's Every great. person from the, 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 the pastors to the people that put this thing together that had like a million, you know, irons in the fire to the people that were just standing at the door welcoming. Every single person took the time to learn your name and to show love to you. And it was irritating at first because I wanted to just – be right (laughs) and it wasn't the case it was it was the best and i got to know a lot of other guys that are doing ministry um that have been hurt by you know just a variety of things and it was it was really it was really such a great experience and i would say from when from wednesday to to right now saturday uh so was that four days five days uh has had the greatest impact on my time off in trying to like reconnect with God than the previous two and a half weeks. Um, that's not to say that people haven't poured into me in that time. I wasn't ready to receive it. Yeah. And the Holy spirit really showered it on, <laughs> uh, in the past few days. So it's been good, man. I'm like, I'm feeling really confident about coming getting back into the rhythm of things. Not that I was ever thinking about not coming back. I didn't want it to come across that way. Um, but it was like, really, what's, what, God, what's going to change? What's going to change? I mean, I think we've gone through like a thousand topics today. Uh, but I was like, what's, what's really going to change? And he's like, he showed me. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's, it's, been, it's been a journey, man. It's yeah. been a real journey. But like, it's like glory to God that he's yeah. like in it with us Absolutely. every step of the way. And he's going to show you like the people, sometimes the people you doubt the most are going to be the ones that are going to, be the difference makers. And that, sure. was, that was really frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> That's how God works. It's how God works. Like, like the, 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 we can get into that discussion for forever. Like every single person. We should just do a podcast all day today and then we'll split it up. We should. We'll send out. We should have just made this into a live stream. We and, should. But we're at the one hour mark yeah. at this point. So we should probably wrap up. I think that's a great idea. A little bit. But yeah, we could always continue on. If you guys ever have ideas of things that you would like for us to discuss, Zach and I just like having conversations with each other. Yeah. Today's Saturday. We typically record on Fridays, but we're having conversations. So thank you for joining our our, our weekly yeah. bonding time. <laughs> <laughs> really? You're no. part of the crew now. Yeah. We don't have a name for our crew. It's the Zach and Steve have a podcast podcast. Yeah. If you have a name... 
it's you better like than that for our crew not for the podcast just for this this gathering like the like the stevettes or something <laughs> why would it be just me i don't know are you a zacky or are you a stevie yeah <laughs> We should have t-shirts with our names put on the back. Yours is Zachy, mine says Stevie. (laughs) In honor of your grandfather. All right. Well, I'm Steve. I'm Zach. This is the Zach and Steve Have a Podcast podcast. Have a great week. We'll see see you next week. week. Ah, we did it at the same time. Uh.